Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Hooked on Sports. My name is John Flynn. Thank you so very much for listening in once again on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasting streaming services. Thank you so very much for listening in again. We got a lot to do today all across the National Football League. I'm going to get into four, get into four preseason the topics of conversation uh, th- through through um, the first part of this podcast. We have a lot of quarterback situations across the National Football League, and we kind of expect that with the Bears and the Broncos and the Patriots. And, and we also had uh, some news coming out of Seattle in the last couple of weeks, so I'm going to get into that. So, I, I do want to begin with with the Chicago Bears, as Andy Dalton is was announced as the starting quarterback for the Bears' Week 1 game against the Rams on Sunday Night Football in, in two and a half weeks, and I have issues with it. Now, in the last podcast, I looked at, I looked at the potential of when Justin Fields w- would make his first NFL start, given the context of the schedule. You got Andy Dalton, uh, you got the Bears playing the Rams on Sunday night, J- Justin Fields going up against that, the league's best defense, it might be an issue. Andy Dalton playing against the Bengals at home in week two, then playing in Cleveland week three against that talented Browns defense. I disagree with with the concept entirely. Baker, or the Chicago Bears have absolutely no idea what the hell they're doing. And Matt Nagy can't even coach his way out of a paper bag. And we're not even two weeks uh, before the NFL season, and, and yet we're, we're still talking about the Chicago Bears. Because let's let's face it, the Chicago Bears have uh, have been an absolute travesty. And if you are a Bears fan that 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 got so excited about about the Bears getting it right and drafting Justin Fields from Ohio State, and then this Andy Dalton. Who who is who is not even a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore? Getting the start over Justin Fields, who has a special talent and a and a special gift at the quarterback position. I I just I just don't know how to I just don't know how I would feel right now because this is the same old Matt Nagy, or so who who continues to uh, to befumble the uh, the organization and 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 pick inferior players to start at the quarterback position and also that this is also um, a referendum on Ryan Pace as well, right? Because the the Bears trading number uh, trading a, a pick for uh, a fourth round pick for for Nick Foles last year, taking on all his salary when when he wasn't even the starting quarterback anymore. And they also had Mitchell Trubisky. They had the one of the worst quarterback rooms in the National Football League last season. And the 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 biggest shame of it all is that the Bears have a pretty good roster. Uh, except for the quarterback position, that the Bears' defense, I think, is really good. I think th- they they should be excellent once again. Then so they retain Allen Robinson, who is a tr- who is an excellent wide receiver, and and, and I I like the running back position with David Montgomery. I like the offensive line a little bit, and and yet the quarterback position is is holding the team back from from winning the championship now. Now the the Bears uh, the Bears went twelve and four in twenty eighteen when Matt Nagy won coach won coach of the year, 
and and, and Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, I thought he he played okay during that wild card game against the Philadelphia Eagles. But but if you look at 2019 and you look at 2020, that I I did think to be to be fair, I thought Mitch Trubisky made made some strides, especially dur- during the second half of of last year. Uh, but but the, at the end of the day, the Bears needed a, a, a seismic change in, in the quarterback situation. That they went from Chubisky and Foles, that and and, and even Nick, Nick Foles is the third string quarterback. He, he even he even um uh, he even uh, played a couple of series in the first game preseason game the Bears played against the Dolphins in week in week one of their preseason and and the and the Bears. Uh, and Justin Fields, what I thought has been excellent the first couple of weeks in in preseason, he's been making plays, and and I thought Phil Sims nailed it on the Colin Cowherd show this afternoon, saying that you, that the Bears needed a quarterback who could make plays, and the Bears really haven't had that in 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 quite some time, and and Justin Fields is absolutely the right guy to to fix those problems and and to inject some real hope into a, a, a franchise that isn't particularly known for success at the quarterback position. So I vehemently disagree with the situation. I'm, I'm, and this this is asinine. This is pathetic. And if you are a Bears fan, you have to feel sick to your stomach because, it, because you have a Rams team that has the best defensive player in the NFL, and Aaron Donald has a, good, has a strong linebacker, in in Leonard Floyd, a, a tremendous defense. The Jalen Ramsey and and in as the maybe the best, probably the best corner in the National Football League. Uh, the uh, the Rams offensive line is better. Imagine the Bears offensive line going up against Aaron Donald. And uh, we we already saw the tale last uh, last year when the Bears were five and one going into that Monday night clash in L.A. And, and Aaron Donald just absolutely destroyed the living heck out of that offensive line. And and, and you expect another pocket passer like um, so like, like Andy Dalton to, to fix those problems and expect a different result from that Week 7 Monday night game last year. I mean, if you are, uh, if, if you are Matt Nagy, wh- what the hell is going on here? First, first of all, the Rams are one, of the, are one of the two best teams in the NFC, right? The Rams and the Bucks, to me, are the two best teams in the NFC, right? F- uh, f- followed by the Packers. And, and, the, and the Packers have, an, uh, have the, uh, the big-time quarterback advantage over the rest of the division, over Kirk Cousins, over Jared Goff, over... Whoever the quarterback is for the for the Chicago Bears, and the, the reason why I said that because Matt Nagy has no clue and no feel, and he's never had a clue or feel with, with the quarterback position as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. But let's also think think about this angle. Let Let's remember. So uh, what happened after the 2020 season, right? The Bears barely made the playoffs. The, Bear- the Bears got smoked in Week 17 at home against Rodgers and the Packers. The Cardinals, uh, uh, the Cardinals lose to the Rams uh, in in that Week 17 game, meaning the the, Ra- the the Rams made the playoffs. The Bears made the playoffs as a wild card, and the Cardinals were left out. And and it it, it was apparent that, that that the Bears were not were 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 not resembling of a playoff team at all. Throughout the 2020 season, the only reason the Bears got in was because the Cardinals uh, c- couldn't couldn't get out of their own way down the stretch. And so what happens? The the Bears retained Matt Nagy. They retained Ryan Pace, and and as a result, the 
and they they needed they needed to uh, steer a ship in in the franch with their franchise quarterback. They, everybody knew they had to trade up in the NFL draft to, to get a franchise quarterback like Justin Fields. And I give the uh, the team that traded down the Giants a lot of credit for picking up on that. And the Giants have uh, had their own situation with Philadelphia and Dallas sw- sw- uh, swapping draft picks in between them. <clears throat> And, and and I thought the Giants did well with with what they got back. So if you are a Giants fan that that is concerned about about the the Bears' position in the draft because the Giants have their first and fourth round picks in next year's draft, I think I think that's going to be a, a really good sign for if you are a Giants fan. And, and I don't even think for, for one minute with with the NFC, I I don't think the Bears. Are a playoff team, and, and and yes, I did mention their defense, although though it's not not as not as dominant as it was in 2018 and 2019. I still it's st- still think they have a they have the best linebacking core in the National Football League, led by uh, <clears throat> so led by Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith and others, and 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 a strong and an excellent safety in in um. Eddie Jackson, and we will get into Eddie Jackson later on in the podcast when we talk about another topic. But so, but, but I just don't think that the Chicago Bears are are putting themselves in the best position because if you want if you want Justin Fields to succeed, you need to give him as much time as possible in the National Football League because you you don't you don't get to the Super Bowl right away in your in your rookie season. Um, and and I I didn't expect that. I don't anticipate that. And and I don't think uh, it's reasonable to uh, to to get to get there. So what do you do? You try to start the quarter, uh, the the rookie quarterback, especially a, a top sixteen overall draft pick, as much as you can, so this way he gets acclimated uh, to, to the landscape of the National Football League. Because if you if you looked at the Big Ten, Ohio State was clearly the cream of the crop in in, in all in in the Big Ten and and. And if you if we're being honest, the last couple of years it wasn't particularly close. When you look at the, so look at the decline of Penn State and and and, and the faux pas of Michigan in the Ohio State Michigan rivalry. Yeah, and but the the NFL is an entirely different animal. And if if you're not ready to, if you're not experienced enough to uh, to play at a high level in the NFL, like you're expected to from a, from a first round quarter, uh, first round draft pick as a quarterback, it's not gonna bo- uh, not gonna bode well. So so you, so the Bears should definitely change course right away and have Justin Fields, uh, 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 uh get as much time as possible under centers this way. So he uh, he can get forward in twenty twenty two and beyond. Uh, but but I but another point on 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 the Bears as an organization that that if if the Bears fired Matt, if the, if they fired Matt Nagy and they fired Ryan Pace like, like they should have last year, I, I I don't think we would we would have pause when 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 we look at the head coach uh, and, and the coaching uh, of this franchise going forward because. So because half of the Super Bowl teams, and I mentioned this on a previous podcast, that half of the Super Bowl teams uh, that win a championship in the last 45 years, they, they had the, co- the the head coach and the quarterback come in the same year to the franchise. And uh, and that that's not the case for Matt Nagy and Justin Fields. And if, if the Bears hired a head coach like Eric Bieniemy, if if they if they knew that that Matt Nagy 
uh, was was not in not a good in-game coach like like he is. The Bears probably are in a different situation, and and the Bears can can, can relax and they can, it's and and, and they can put, put put themselves in a position to be a championship caliber a caliber team. And and I don't think Andy, uh, Matt Nagy is the right coach. I don't think Ryan Pace is the right general manager for this team. And, and and I think that's going that that's not going to set the franchise well uh, up well in 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 the in the years ahead. So uh, so I think everything that went down in in twenty twenty ha- is going to have some impact on twenty twenty one. Now I I don't think the Bears are a playoff team because I think they they are in the, they are middle of the pack in the NFC. Maybe they can make the playoffs if if they're lucky. Uh, but I, I don't think the Bears have any idea which way is up and which way is down. So the the Bears is number one. Number two is significant developments with New England Patriots and, and their quarterback situation. And so Cam Newton. So what w- w- all signals were that he was going to be the starting quarterback week one. But then he comes down uh, over the last uh, in the last couple of days with COVID, and he has to miss five days away from team facilities, which allows Mr. Mac Jones to start uh, to um, to have an opportunity to uh, to take away the starting quarterback job away from the former league MVP. And I think this is a major opportunity for Mr. Mac Jones to to play and, and to show up and and to play an excellent brand of of, of Patriots football. And I think Mac Jones is ready for for the moment. I think he's uh, he was trained well by Nick Saban and Bill Belichick is is the Nick Saban of the National Football League and vice versa. Yeah, you you need a tough-minded. You needed a physical. You needed. Is that you? You need a, a, a do with little things right, head coach, and and that's what Mac Jones is all about, and that's what and that's what how Mac Jones is going to thrive in the National Football League, in in the in the in the, in the coming years, and that's how he should thrive, and 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 the way Mac Jones should approach in the NFL is, I think, the way he should approach uh, college football because and because Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are the same. And and Mac Jones is gonna get get gonna get the snaps while Cam Newton is away with COVID, and 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 I I expect Mac Jones to uh, to uh, to show up again and have another excellent game against the New York Football Giants on Saturday, in the last preseason game this weekend. And he he I I really liked the way he played against Washington. I I loved the way he played against the Philadelphia Eagles on uh, last week. In their preseason game, and and I expect the same thing again against the Giants on Saturday uh, on the when 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 they play. So, I and I think Mac Jones should is definitely a capable leader, and and the the winningest organization in the last twenty years should absolutely. Uh, get Mac Jones in the in the in the in the groove and the rhythm, and and I think Josh McDaniels is a capable play caller, uh, with with a with a pocket passer quarterback like Mac Jones. I think they, they he he fits well into his system, and and I think if you are a, a fan of the New England Patriots, I think you you you're rooting and hoping for Mac Jones to start in. Week number one against the Miami Dolphins. Imagine Tua against Mac Jones 
in, in week one of the NFL season. That that would be a delicious matchup on the NFL on CBS. And staying with the Patriots, how about this that came out of uh, of this morning's news? That the Patriots traded running back Sonny Michelle to the LA Rams in exchange for a 2022 5th and 6th round selection. And if if you're if you're a Rams fan, this is absolutely needed after after the injury to Cam Makers and the potential injury and situation surrounding Daryl Henderson. And and I and I think the, the Rams need need to have a three down back in in order for for their offense to to sustain themselves and to allow um, Sean McVay to, to come up with with the play calling and the genius of the play calling uh, that that he usually comes up with on a uh, on a week to week basis. So I think the Patriots I thought did well potentially using a fifth and sixth round pick as part of a bigger package to maybe. Uh, do do some do some trades and trade up and maybe trade up in the draft. Uh, it's not not so. I thought the Rams had a pretty good. Uh, uh, both teams came out pretty well in in that trade. So so, so back to the preseason uh, talk about the quarterbacks. So how about the Denver Broncos? They announced today that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos in their week number one game against the Giants. In uh, on September the twelfth, and and I think that this this is is a, is a whole tale about uh, about um about Teddy Bridgewater and the connections that Bridgewater had that um that Gary Patton was with the Vikings when when he when he picked them, and uh, and I'm not surprised that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter for. The Denver Broncos and Vic Fangio for for their game against the Giants on on the twelfth. I do want to note that th- there was a time right when when there there were some people that thought that Drew Locke was capable of being a franchise quarterback. That Drew Locke was often the quarterback that that was thrown outside that was not not often talked about in in the conversation when it came to the 2019 draft class that the talk was about Kyler Murray was about Dwayne Haskins Daniel Jones but 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 the name of um uh, the name of Drew Locke has been was thrown under the radar but he, he he didn't show any signs of improving last year. It also didn't help that the Denver Broncos were, were banged up on the injury bug in, on both sides of the football. You know, Cortland Sutton went down with an injury. Von Miller went down with a with a season-ending injury before the season started. So I I think the 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 the, the Denver Broncos I, I and and to and to their credit I thought I, I thought they did well with Teddy Bridgewater and and I do like the matchup with Teddy Bridgewater against the Giants more than Drew Locke against the Giants from a Broncos perspective because the the, the Giants have all, have historically had a tough time stomping mobile quarterbacks and I think. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a better matchup for for the Broncos uh, rather than than Drew Locke, who who is a who is a pocket passer, and 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 I think the 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 end is near for Drew Locke as a member of the Denver Broncos. And also, this is a headline that I want to touch on from last week that I didn't get to do. 
because I didn't put a podcast out last week. So the Seattle Seahawks formally agreed to a four-year, $70 million extension with free safety Jamal Adams. After Adams uh, played poker, uh, put on his poker face, and he wanted the Seahawks to make the contract extension work, and, and now he's locked up for the next four years. And I have a lot of problems with that. So, the, uh, CBS Sports uh, and ni- uh, nicely put up uh, a figure on Instagram over over the week, uh, over the last couple of days. And 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 I asked and I I asked my Instagram followers a question uh, of uh, concerning the five highest paid safeties in terms of the average annual value of their contract. So. I, I will re- read off the list with uh, with each of them. So they are Jamal Adams of the Seahawks, seventeen and a half million a year. Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos, fifteen and a quarter million dollars a year. Buda Baker of the Arizona Cardinals, first team on pro last year, fourteen point seven five million. Bears safety Eddie Jackson, fourteen point six million, and Titans safety Kevin Byard, fourteen point one million dollars. Uh, per uh, per season, so but, but we're we're not discounting the talents of those five players. Jamal Adams is a tremendous, tremendous athlete and a tremendous uh play playmaker. That that he he recorded uh he he recorded nearly double digit sacks last year as a safety, and he he can do things at the safety position. Very few people can uh, can do at the safety position. But, but but I did ask the, this this question, and forty five percent of my audience got it correct. How many uh, of those five players won the playoff game last year? Whether Jamal Adams, Justin Simmons, Buda Baker, Eddie Jackson, and Kevin Byard. So if if you take if if you factor in all five teams, the Seahawks, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Bears, and the Titans, none of them won a playoff game last year. The Seahawks, Bears, and Titans, they all lost in the wild card round uh, to uh, to the Rams, Saints, and Ravens, respectively. The Cardinals missed the playoffs by one game, and the Denver Broncos uh, missed, missed the playoffs uh, and, and, and weren't even close to contention in the AFC. So, but, but it, it, in fact, if you take out Kevin Byard and, and you factor in the top four safeties, Adams, Simmons, Baker, and Jackson... They have combined zero career playoff victories. Jamal Adams played played with the Jets. Justin Simmons got drafted the year after the Broncos won the Super Bowl. Buda Baker uh, was drafted two years after the Cardinals last made it to, to the NFC Championship game. Eddie Jackson uh, got got drafted uh, in in 2017, and and he and he lost. Uh, the Bears lost on that double doink. A field goal by uh, by uh, by Cody Parkey at the end of that game, and so so those four players have not won a playoff game yet. While Kevin Byer was on the Titans when 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 uh, they they made the run to the AFC Championship game in 2019 before they lost to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. So so what so why why is this significant and why does this matter, right? Because if if you look at the, the teams that that win a championship, right, and 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 I'm going to reiterate this because it's it's worth noting 
that that the four main components to me of every single champion uh, Super Bowl winning for a team in the last twenty in the last fifteen to twenty years is coaching the quarterback, the offensive line, and the front seven. Though those should be the four areas that every team excels at. Uh, in ter- in terms of uh, in in terms of seeing who can win a championship, because if you look at if you look at a team like the Rams, right? The the Rams to me are bona fide Super Bowl contenders. Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford is going to be a great co- coach QB duo. The offensive line improved uh, from two years ago last year, and the and Aaron Donald is on the is on the defensive line. So the the Rams are clearly in in that position. But right now, see the since the Seahawks uh, went uh, made back to back Super Bowls, right with their with with their defense, their offensive line. Uh, that that what w- once they tr- once they traded uh, for Jimmy Graham and 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 sacrificed offensive line depth, the Seattle Seahawks have not made it to uh, to the NFC Championship game, so, right? They 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 lose. Uh, they they win one playoff game in twenty fifteen in fifteen and and sixteen and nineteen, and, and they they lost in the wild wild card game in eighteen and twenty. So, but but I say this because the Seahawks are wasting the prime of Russell Wilson as we speak, and Seattle's defensive line it's gotten better, but it's not great, but. So P. Cal has has proven to be uh, to be uh, to be not great in game, uh, not not great in game as a coach, and and the Seahawks needed to make changes to the coaching staff. And the offensive line is dreadful. That 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 we 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 saw that in the last uh, in, in the second half of last season, and I think it's going to carry over into the first few games of this season. And um, imagine trying trying to uh, to uh, to see the this Seahawks offensive line try to neutralize the the Colts' stout defensive line, uh, defensive line in front seven, uh, in uh, in week number one in the NFL season. I I just uh, don't don't think you see you see that coming, but uh, th- th- you can't you can't pay safeties when 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 you when you have to pay the defensive linemen, when you have to pay the offensive line, and we're not discounting Jamal Adams by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I'll I'll say that again. By and by, if you want to win a championship with with a great secondary, you have to draft the secondary via the draft, and 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 those and and that that's why when 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 I when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, sure, Dallas's defense is young and inexperienced, but but if if you if you want to win a championship, you you're going to need need to hit on those draft picks, and that's exactly what the Seahawks did. Earlier at at this time last decade, when they hit on Cam Chancellor, when they hit on uh, on Walter Thurman, when they hit on Richard Sherman, uh, right right now Seattle couldn't hit at all, uh, in in the draft because of a combination of trading draft picks and uh, and acquiring pieces like Jamal Adams uh, to fill the void on defense. But because the Seahawks couldn't develop their own their own defensive backs, they had to acquire them, and and that that's exactly what they did. And this is quite familiar to me because the Houston Texans remember I said I I went ballistic 
when when the Houston Texans uh drafted Titus uh, Titus Howard with the with their first round pick the I, I he was the right tackle from I think Alabama if my stretch of the if I remember correctly but but he had a third or fourth round value attached to that but the Texans had to draft him because they were so desperate for help on the offensive line that that they, they they couldn't improve other areas of the team because they they couldn't they, they had to fix the offensive line which prevented the Texans from winning playoff games in 2018 and 2019. Uh, they, I mean, and it, well, 2019 was different uh, was was different because they 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 beat the Bills in that wild wild card game and remember they were 24 nothing on, on the Chiefs in, in the divisional round, but. The, the the defense couldn't shut the door against uh, against Patrick Mahomes and 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 all those receivers and and that talented offense. So it's worth noting here that that the Seahawks are a team on the decline because of other failures of of draft of of, dra- of continuing to draft and develop talent around them after. After the, their after the key players from their back to back Super Bowl runs couldn't uh, left because of a free agency and left because of retirement, the Seahawks are a team that I think is going to be near the bottom, uh, in 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 the in in the um in in the NFL team hierarchy when Russell Wilson retires or when Russell Wilson gets traded. And and I think the Seahawks are, go, are going to put their season to a waste. Now I do think the Seahawks are going to be playoff contenders because of Russell Wilson and 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 and, and the talented player that he is. Uh, uh, but uh, but the Seahawks you you can't pay so you you can't pay defensive backs and 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 pay, and pay Russell Wilson and pay. Uh, the offensive line, and because you have to pay the running backs, the wide receivers, the front seven, that that that's just the way it works. And and, and when you have a strong defensive line, I, I think uh, uh, that 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 allows the secondary to do things that uh, that that they wanted to do, and forces the opposition to uh, to, play, to run plays they don't want to run. And 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 that that's the that that's the difference between winning and losing football games. And and the Seahawks are. De- definitely on the edge here. I think the Seahawks. They only had they only had uh, three draft picks th- this season. Uh, th- th- this 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 past draft, and, and I think that's going to be a problem too. So uh, so I think when when all is said and done, I don't think I don't expect the Seahawks to win a playoff game. And 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 the, and the teams on the list uh, too: the Broncos, the Cardinals, the. Uh, the Chicago Bears, maybe the Tennessee Titans, because uh, because they get Julio Jones, uh, and and have that tremendous offense, but 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 right now the teams that are paying uh, that are paying, uh, you know that are paying their safeties are the ones that are going to be paying themselves, uh, uh make make themselves pay dearly when they don't win a championship, or or, or win playoff games and. I also want to touch on some of the pennant races across Major League Baseball as we come up on the last month of the regular season in in Major League Baseball. So, how about the Yankees after the after they lost the Field of Dreams game on a walk-off home run by Tim Anderson? They have done nothing but winning since they've won 11 straight games in 11 consecutive days. They are off today on Wednesday before. 
They have to go to Oakland for a big four-game series over the weekend, which will and will be capped off with a with a nationally televised game on Sunday nights. And and if you look at the standings in in the American League Wild Card, the Yankees right now have the first Wild Card. They're two and a half games ahead of the Red Sox, and the Red Sox are two games uh, ahead of the Oakland A's for. For the for the second wild card and the and the A's the and and the and the A's right now that they've not been playing some some great baseball as of late they have lost four in a row they they got swept they just got swept by the Seattle Mariners so now the A's are two games back the Mariners are three games behind uh, the uh, the Red Sox for the second wild card in the American League. So, and and for the A's, this series means so much for 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 the team. They're trying to make the playoffs for a fourth successive season. They're they're trying to get trying trying to get over the hump in the playoffs with with a with a with a limited budget as as always as as they have for the last. 20 years and, and and the A's and they, they need to need to find ways to win, win games against the Yankees and this is a good opportunity to do that with with the Yankees out there on the west coast so and so the A's have games against um the four against the Yankees this this weekend of, of course and then and then, then we have the 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 A's on the road against the Tigers and the Toronto Blue Jays, and then that they they have home games against the White Sox, the Mariners, and the Houston Astros, uh, in, in September, and they have road games in Seattle and Houston to round out the season. So, thirteen straight games against the Mariners and the Astros to to fin- finish off the season, and. The White Sox have games in Oakland, and it's not going to be an easy schedule when you look at it for the Oakland Athletics. Um, and, and elsewhere in in the American League, how about the Seahawks? And the Seahawks, uh, the excuse me, the Mariners. I'm th- I'm thinking I'm still still thinking about the, uh, the NFL, but the, the Mariners. They they have uh, they they've been playing some some pretty good baseball as of late. They just they just come coming off a sweep of the Oakland uh, of the Oakland A's at the Coliseum, a two game series sweep. And but they they have four games against Kansas City over the weekend. They should take care of business. They, they, they and then they have they have a, a mixed bag schedule the rest of the way. They have games against Arizona and Kansas City. They have games against uh, against the Astros and the A's. So, so I I think there's going to be a, a, a going to be a, a lot of intrigue about about the Mariners the the rest of the way through. So I I would prefer the Mariners schedule over the Oakland A's schedule. The, the the rest of the way, and how about the Atlanta Braves? And, and yes, the the Braves have have opened up a, f- a four and a half game lead in the National League East over their rivals, the Mets, and and the Phillies. But but not before they 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 just got swept in a two game series from, from the, by the Yankees. So so they they've lost their 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 last two. But you have to give the Braves a lot of credit. Uh, they're they're beating up and sweeping the bad teams. The Miami, Washington, 
and uh, and Baltimore they 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 swept three game series from each of them over the, the last couple of weeks and they've taken advantage of a softer schedule but now the the, the Braves schedule does not get does not get much easier they have it's that they're off today and tomorrow and then they have they begin a big series against the the Giants on Friday in a battle of two first place teams so I think that that should be a fun series down at Truist Park but the Braves have yet to play a game west of the, uh, uh, west of the Missouri River uh, this this season. They still they have not made a West Coast road trip yet, but they have to play. They have three games against the Dodgers, then four games against the Rockies uh, at Coors Field, uh, and the Rockies have an excellent at Coors Field this season, so that's not going to be easy. And then they have another West Coast road trip with it's eleven games against the Giants. The the, the 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 Padres and the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, the rest of the way th- uh, through and and if you learn anything about Arizona in the last couple weeks uh, they, they know they're not going they're not going to be an easy uh, an easy team to beat uh, if you look at the Philadelphia Phillies and what they what they've done uh, over the last couple of weeks they 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 lost two out of three to the Dodgers and they lost two out of three to the Reds they got swept in Arizona and then they win two out of three in San Diego, which which doesn't seem particularly satisfying uh, by any stretch of the imagination here when you look at it for the Phillies because uh, because the Phillies missed a big opportunity to gain ground uh, to gain ground with um, be, be, with their, their losses to the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are 40 games behind the Giants. In the division, and you have to give the Giants a lot of credit. They're winning the games they're supposed to, and 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 they were playing like they have the best record in baseball. They they crushed the Mets last night with the the two home runs from from Brandon Crawford uh, the, the 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 night after his grandmother passed away. So that that was uh, that was a special night for. For um, Brandon Belt, I I I, I said I sh- should have said Brandon Belt, but it, it was Brandon Belt, and and the the Giants continuing to exceed the expectations. The Giants are already at eighty one wins, so so the next win would secure a winning season, which nobody, including myself, uh, thought would happen. And you have to give the front office a lot of credit. You got to give the pitching staff a lot of credit. They they've been excellent all season long. So, so I give I give a lot of props of uh, to to the Giants with that. There, there's there's they're two and a half games ahead of the Dodgers in the National League West. So that's going to be a great race down the stretch. Uh, and both of those teams possess the 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 the, the sports two best records. The Dodgers have an have an excellent uh, since since the trade deadline. Trey Turner has made a big difference. Uh, atop the Dodger lineup, Justin Turner has been uh, has been solid. Albert Pujols has has done well, filling in with all the injuries that that the Dodgers have. So so you you have to give the Dodgers a lot of credit there. The Milwaukee Brewers have an eight and a half game lead over the over the Cincinnati Reds in the in the NL Central. And by the way, who said I I was part of the minority who believed. That the Brewers were going to win the division. Their pitching has been excellent, as predicted and as advertised, or I should say, as I advertised. 
and the and the and the St. Louis Cardinals who who are, were supposed to compete with the Brewers, they are they ha- have their own problems. They and they, with, with the with the offense and 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 their inability to uh, to to generate enough offense to win to win games for for them. So I give them give the Brewers a lot of credit. They've been playing at a really high level, and they're going to be a tough out in in the playoffs. And I know that because with the experience of Craig Council as a, as a manager, I think he's going to be prime for a good October. El- elsewhere across across baseball, the Tampa Rays they've they've been sensational all season long. They have the best record in the American League. They are thirty games over five hundred. They have a four game lead on the Yankees, six and a half up on the Red Sox. The White Sox are, are are running the right way with the Central uh, over Cleveland, Detroit, Kansas City, um, all all, all double-digit games behind Chicago in the division, and there was really only one team that would come out of, of the Central. I was dead wrong on the Twins. They they've been dreadful all, all year. They and they they lost four in a row. They lost last night in in a shootout against in in a slugfest against. The Red Sox, and, and and I just think the, um, I I I just think the Twins. Um, I I have no words. They've they've been as they've probably been the most disappointing team in baseball this season. And how about the Cincinnati Reds going back to the National League? They've been playing some great ball. The Padres not so much. They the Padres have lost. Um, eight of the last ten, they lost two out of, two out of three to the Phillies over the weekend, and then they 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 lost to the Dodgers over the weekend. They're now fourteen games out in the in the division, uh, and with with um thirty five games left, and and then and the, and now the Padres are on the outside looking in. When you look uh, in the National League wild card, the Reds taking over. As this as the second wild card for now, they've been playing some excellent baseball down the stretch, and, and Joey Votto has just been outstanding for um for the Cincinnati Reds uh and, and why they're a playoff team. Their pitching has been excellent all all, all the rounds, so you have to give uh, the the Reds a lot of credit there. So, so it's going to be a fascinating last five weeks. Of the, of the of the baseball season, and I'll be looking forward to watching some pennant race baseball with, so with with half half of the league really contending for those ten playoff spots uh, across the league. So un- until next time, this is John Flynn saying so long, and I'll be back on the podcast next week. So long, everybody.